Hi everyone, this is Scott Lutz, and today we are reading Leviticus chapter 2. Um, the Grain Offering is the title. So let's go ahead and go on, go on and read the scripture. When someone brings a grain offering to the Lord, he is, uh, his offering is to be of fine flour. He, he is to pour oil on it, put it in, incense on it, and take it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priest shall take a handful of the fine flour and oil together with all the incense and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offerings belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven. It is to consist of fine flour, cakes made without yeast and mixed with oil, or wafers made without yeast and spread with oil. If your grain offering is prepared on a griddle, it is to be made of fine flour mixed with oil and without yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is cooked in a pan, it is to be made of fine flour and oil. Bring the grain offering made of these things to the Lord. Present it to the priest, who shall take it to the altar. He shall take out the memorial portion from the grain offering and burn it on the altar as an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. Everything, every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the firstfruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma, Season of all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your grain of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. If you bring a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall burn the memorial portion of the crushed grain and the oil together with all the incense as an offering made to the Lord by fire. Okay, so let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I just praise you and thank you for everything. Dear Heavenly Father, I just praise you and thank you that we are in a new covenant which you sacrifice yourself on the cross for. That the curse of sin is is no longer valid for those who come to you and accept you as Savior. I ask, Lord, that you be with us and to watch over us and keep us from the temptation of the enemy, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You all have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Lutz, and today we're going to be talking about faith versus works. Um, and uh, you hear a lot of Christians who tell you, that we are saved by God's grace and not by doing works. It is confusing to most people. 
since most people uh, believe that they can get to heaven and salvation by their own power. But um, good news is that since we can never be perfect enough to get to heaven, that um, we uh, can rely on God to get us to get us our salvation. And that is um, through Jesus Christ on the cross and accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. So, um, since we have a sinful nature and a nature that we continue to have, even if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we can't do enough good to get to heaven. Let's go to Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14 to start with. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other tax, a tax collector. To the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you for that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Now, keep in mind that um, the Pharisees uh, taught people to hate the tax collectors, and um, so the tax collectors is tax collector is not a loved guy. Okay, um, let's keep reading the scripture, and then we'll explain that in just a few minutes. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even let look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you this: that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself to, will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. If you notice out of the two men that Jesus recognized it was the humbled one that Jesus praised. The Pharisee, he relied on his religion and his good works. So according to his religion, he was a good man and he should be getting eternal life because of that. Jesus didn't pay attention to him. And since Jesus is God, this is important. A person who relies on good works and thinks they can achieve their own righteousness through their own power often looks down on others. Religion will tell you that you need to achieve salvation through good works. So the Pharisee is the religious man, does everything that was required and looked, looking down on people who he didn't think were righteous enough. And he would teach the people to do the same thing. They would teach the people to hate tax collectors mainly because they worked for Rome and um, they sometimes they would tend to cheat some of the Jews from their money but anyway um, so but of course the Pharisees weren't innocent people themselves they fought, taught false doctrine so um, so there you go um, it's it's kind of a whatever the the Pharisee, however, was not repentant of his sins, but the uh, tax collector was. 
So, uh, the tax collector was shunned by the religious community leaders. The tax collector knew he was a sinner. And he sought God and looked for God as his salvation. He repented and asked God to forgive him and save him. So it was the tax collector who was saved, and the Pharisee who was the actual sinner. Even though the Bible encourages good works, because it shows the image of Christ um, to the world, um, our good works uh, shows the light of Jesus, the Bible is very clear that only through Jesus can we be, have salvation, not through religious belief or behavior. And God doesn't share people's ideas that the Bible is old and is no longer valid. It is God's grace that saves us. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 6-9. And God raised, raised up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast." God showed us his grace by sending God the Son to die for us. So we are saved by grace, God's grace. We don't deserve salvation. We deserve to go to hell. But because God loved us, he sent Jesus to die for us. So it is through the gift of salvation that we are saved, not through our own power. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior... You don't have to say a ritualistic prayer. You don't have to, um, you don't have to uh, say certain words. But let me be your guide in what you could say. So let's go ahead. Dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask you, Lord, that you forgive me of my sins. I ask that you come into my life today, come into my heart today, and I ask, Lord, that you become my personal Savior. I ask that you um, forgive me of my sins, and I repent of my sins, Lord God. I thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again on the third day. And Lord, dear Lord, just for those who pray this prayer today, I pray that you will lead them to discipleship and show them that you are a loving, caring God who sent his son to die for us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You all have a wonderful Sunday.